The National Institute of Standards and Technology, or NIST, makes available a variety of guidelines that can help organizations across many industries, including healthcare, in their information security efforts. I'm Marianne Kolbasek-McGee, Managing Editor at Information Security Media Group. Today I'm speaking with Mac McMillan, CEO of security consulting firm Synergistic. Mac will provide some tips on how NIST guidelines can be best used by healthcare entities in their information security programs. Hi, Mac. Hi, Marianne. How are you? Good. Now, to start, why are NIST guidelines important for healthcare organizations to consider in building a security program? And is it okay to use other guidelines instead? And if so, from whom? First of all, Probably the most important reason to consider uh, using the NIST guidelines is because those are the ones that OCR, or the Office for Civil Rights and Health and Human Services, reference in all of their uh, documentation and their, their rules that they publish for HIPAA privacy and security. So, for instance, if you look at the breach notification rule, you'll notice that they reference the, the NIST guidelines around encryption in order to define what technologies that an organization can apply uh, that will meet the standard in order to achieve safe harbor, for instance. They, for risk assessment, if you look at the guidance that they published uh, in 2010 that reflects on that risk assessment requirement in the HIPAA security rule, that guidance is patterned uh, after the NIST 800-30, uh, which is the guideline for conducting our risk analysis and it follows the same nine-step methodology and, in fact, actually references uh, that NIST uh, guideline. The government has always uh, opted to reference uh, guides or guidance that is developed by a credible government source, and in this case, NIST, or the National Institute of Standards and Technology, uh, which is a government organization, uh, actually produces guidelines for industry to follow uh, with respect to things like security and, and IT systems. Uh, so it's a natural thing for them to, to reference because it's a, it's a credible source. It's something that is uh, kept up to date. It is something that uh, meets uh, industry best practice and is researched uh, properly and thoughtfully before it is put together. And, and it's uh, something that, that the government can point to and, and rely on in terms of its credibility and its uh, approach. So that's, you know, first and foremost, that's, that's one reason that's very important for healthcare organizations to consider the NIST guidelines because that's what OCR uses and references in all of, in, in their body of work. Can you use other uh, guidelines? Absolutely. There's nothing in the rule that prohibits an organization from using other uh, guidelines such as, or frameworks, uh, such as the ISO, uh, ISO, for instance, uh, framework 27002 or the or the idle framework, for instance. What's interesting, though, is that when you research, when you actually understand where those frameworks come from, you learn very quickly that the, the folks who actually put those together uh, utilized the NIST guidelines as part of their baseline, if you will, for developing those other frameworks. So it all kind of comes back to NIST eventually anyway. 
probably another a good reason for why uh, we need to consider using NIST in healthcare more than NIST guidelines is is things like wanting to become an accountable care organization. Uh, the minute a hospital decides that that's something that they want to do, uh, they then become re responsible to meeting the requirements for that particular designation, which means they have to become FISMA compliant, which is another government standard, uh, and FISMA references the both the FIPS and the, and the NIST guidelines as well. So just about everything that, that uh, we do in healthcare today, in some way, shape, form, or another, that, re that relates to a either a government law or a law or a, a government regulation, they all reference back to those NIST guidelines as a set of uh, credible guidelines that organizations can follow to develop their security program. So now what NIST guidelines are most important for healthcare entities to consider when they build or improve their information security programs? So there are actually several, some of which are called out specifically in, in various rules or requirements. But starting at a, at a general level, the first one, of course, is the NIST 800-66, which I believe is the one that was designed by NIST specifically for healthcare and HIPAA, uh, where they actually took the security requirements or specifications from the HIPAA security rule and mapped those against the NIST guidelines and developed a specific guide for how to implement security utilizing the guides against uh, the HIPAA security rule. When it comes to the controls environment and things like uh, an accountable care organization or measuring controls in your environment, the 800-53, which is the controls matrix, is a very important one. It's referenced in the FISMA requirements. It's refer referenced in, in the, uh, the requirements to uh, for security under NIH uh, research grants, etc. For breach notification, you have NIST guidelines like the 800-111, I believe the 800-92, I think 800-117, all of which um, uh, refer to either encryption technology, uh, either encryption of data at rest or encryption of data in motion or data in transit, or they reference uh, the proper methods for destroying sensitive media, uh, if you will, in terms of data and, and, and media. So there's various uh, guidelines. Probably one of the most uh, recognized ones is the 800-30, uh, which is the guideline for how to conduct a proper risk assessment uh, that meets the, the uh, standard of the HIPAA security rule. So there are multiple uh, NIST guidelines, uh, but in, and a lot of them are called out specifically in the, in the rules that OCR has published. Now, you mentioned the NIST uh, guidance for risk assessments, and it's sort of well known that healthcare organizations often have a hard time doing risk assessments properly. How can the NIST guidelines help? Well, the way the NIST guidelines can help, and in this particular case, OCR actually recognized that uh, sometimes the NIST guidelines are a little bit difficult because they are technical documents to, to some degree. Uh, they're written in, in what I call technical speak, technical writing style. They tend to be very large and detailed. And so for the non-security professional or non-technology professional looking at those things, sometimes they can be a little bit daunting, uh, if you will. But in this particular case, 
OCR actually took the NIST 800-30, which is that guideline for conducting a risk analysis, and they developed their own guidance in July of 2010, which basically took the NIST 800-30 methodology and boiled it down into more of a layman's term and how to use that or follow that guidance to, to conduct a risk assessment properly. But the way the NIST guidelines help and the way that guidance helped is that it actually lays out a logical process for an organization to follow. So it actually lays out exactly the steps that one has to follow or the things that one should do in order to accomplish that risk assessment properly. So it talks about each one of those nine steps and, and what goes into them and how they uh, need to be performed and it gives examples of how to document that. And so what it basically does is it gives an organization a step-by-step -step approach to conducting that risk assessment if they just use it. Now, you mentioned that these sometimes the NIST guidance are complicated or difficult for healthcare entities to understand. What are your top suggestions for navigating and implementing the NIST guidance? Well, there's a couple of things. I mean, like, like as I said, you, the NIST guides themselves can sometimes be a little bit daunting when you look at look at how big they are and how much information is there and what does all this really mean, et cetera. Um, the nice thing about it, about any of this, is that there is there is an entire library of information that has been published with respect to these guidelines and how to use them and, and what they mean and. And, and what best practice represents, et cetera. So it's not just a matter of using the NIST guideline directly. If you, you, can, you can research a particular aspect of, a, of one of the guides, and you can find any number of documents out there in the Internet uh, that somebody has written authoritatively on what, is, what did they mean when they said do X or what did they mean when they said uh, you know, perform Y. So the problem is that this is security is is a little bit more complex I think than people recognize although that shouldn't be a real surprise I mean look how complex our IT environments are you know we have to have obviously really smart capable folks uh, who are building those IT infrastructures that support all those clinical processes and information processes etc the same is true for for the folks that are that are doing this security work they have to have an understanding of the IT environment they have to have an understanding of networking and, and systems and then on top of that they have to have an understanding of how to actually assess it and build security around it or in it and so it's a real you know it's a professional skill that folks need to spend time that are doing it need to spend time actually learning their craft and doing the research to be able to do it correctly. So it's so the NIST guidelines actually provide everything that a security practitioner would need in terms of what's the requirement and how should I go about it and what and, and what should I consider. Um, but then there's you know there's a level of personal expertise and, and research and learning that you have to do in order to, to understand how to apply it. But there's lots of sources out there for that information. And, and like I said, there, there are other frameworks that you can still choose to use if they're easier for you to understand. Like, for instance, a lot of our hospitals like to use the ISO standards because they're written for manufacturing. They're written in less technical speak, so to speak. But they're still based on the NIST guidelines and the NIST, and the NIST controls matrix. And so uh, you can actually you know, utilize that framework if it's easier to organize, if you will, 
uh, instead of using the what they call the 17 families in the NIST guidelines, you use the 11 domains that are in the in the ISO format. But ultimately, you get to the same place. And so it's just a matter of understanding how to apply them and, and doing the research to figure out, you know, what exactly does this mean. What are the biggest mistakes that you see healthcare organizations making when using NIST guidelines, and how can they avoid those mistakes? You know, probably the first mistake that some people make is that they think it's a, it's a hard requirement. The NIST guidelines are, are not that. That's why they're called guidelines, right? They're, they are guides. They basically present an approach and a methodology that is considered best practice in the industry and that is considered technically uh, accurate or correct in terms of how to assess or to manage or to approach uh, something. But they typically are written in such a manner that they they leave uh, latitude to the user or to the owner, the system owner, to determine what what makes sense in their environment. So sometimes people look at the NIST NIST, uh, guidelines and they think of them as requirements when they need to understand that, that they literally are guides. You know, they talk about password control or password management, if you will, in, ter- in terms of the things that you are important to password management, but they don't dictate how long a password should be or what the history of a password should be or what the complexity rules of a password should be. They talk about it in terms of what are the guides for do- doing it properly. And then they leave it leave it to the, the user or the or the system owner to figure out or to decide, you know, how do I how do I apply this in my environment? So the first thing is look at them literally as guides. They're they're there to guide the process, to help you understand what it is you need to address and then you need to address it by what's best in your environment with operationally. The other thing is uh, is again is, is they try to stay folks who uh, are not familiar with them uh, will, will will get frustrated when they're looking at the the guidelines and and because they don't understand what's there exactly or it doesn't seem to explain it quite as clearly as they think it should and again they don't go out and go look go do that additional research and go look for those explanations of what does this actually mean and, and how do I apply it. So that's probably the second big mistake is that they don't, they just get frustrated and they give up. I think those are the probably the two uh, biggest mistakes uh, that folks make that when they when they try to use the NIST guidelines. I think right now we have very few healthcare organizations, quite frankly, that have programs based on uh, a NIST framework or a, a framework of that rigor to be honest. And so I think it's a level of of discipline in developing an information security environment that, quite frankly, is not mainstream in healthcare yet. Thanks, Mac. I've been speaking to Mac McMillan of Synergistic. I'm Marianne Kolbasek-McGee of Information Security Media Group. Thanks for listening.